0: Welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show, in association with Paddy Power. I'm Andrew Slavin, and would somebody please think of the coefficient? More on that in a minute. We've seen goals galore in the Premiership so far, 12 in two league games for Celtic. But it's Bet Fred Cup weekend, so anything can happen. Right Dunfermline fans? Rangers showed Hibs that it's not just Celtic that hand out the Haydens. Up next for them, East Fife. Friend of the podcast and podcaster himself Winger Danny Denham joins us To discuss how he and his fellow fifers can stop Stevie G Can the cup G up Kelly fans Can it heal the heart For hearts faithful In League One, Forfa are on fire And their manager Jim Weir will be telling us If the loons can upset Livy Alongside me in the studio A proper pair of loons now. No, they're actually very sound footballing minds. European football journalist Kieran Canning and from Copa90, Finn Marks. Hello. Hello. Hey. All good? Very good, but uh, a loons does take me home. Yeah. We, should,
1: we should describe that as uh, an old word to describe uh, young lads from the northeast of
0: Scotland. Like our own JJ, who is not here this week. Uh, I know. He is a proper loon. It's a young lad from the northeast, though. So, oh, that's harsh So JJ doesn't fall into that category? I feel if JJ's not He's here. older than Stephen Naismith <laughs> We know that Sorry, what you saying? I feel
2: if JJ's not here One of us has to talk about bees or something Or animals in some yeah. description
0: thank you very much for that little link So obviously you know I grew up in Dumfries And one thing you know about if you grow up in Dumfries Is that the seagulls are everywhere It's just a nightmare And Queen of the South have had a persistent seagull problem this summer a flock of 50 seagulls has taken up residence on the roof of Palmerston Park and with seagulls comes seagull jobbies. <laughs> um, big problem, seagull jobbies. The seats have been covered in seagull jobbies. And during one pre-season friendly, defender Scott Mercer was wearing a bandage on his heat, which fell off. And then the seagull tried to nab it off the ground <laughs> So the fans were urged not to feed the seagulls during the game against Dunfermline, Otherwise they'd be ejected from the ground And all the fans, duly obliged, put everything in the bin This is what's going to bring in strict liability to Scottish football <laughs> grounds <laughs>
1: Forget your pyro, your sectarianism, running on the pitch, throwing bucky bottles If you feed a seagull, <laughs> points, points deduction Yeah I know Uh, Just uh, talking about Seagull Poo and uh, I know we're going to talk about East Fife later on Mm -hmm. due to uh, their tie with Rangers this weekend. Uh, One of the more memorable moments of my uh, Scottish football following childhood was going to East Fife to see Airdrie play. And I'm pretty sure it was the third tier, League One level. Fine 4-0 victory for Airdrie, who I was supporting at the time. And what brought me luck was being on by a massive pigeon inside the stand there was actually a roof above us and yeah midway through the second half and as an eight-year-old you know you can't handle that situation calmly Uh or you just run around going oh no (laughs) i've been on by a pigeon
2: I, the thing is, for me, like, I, I genuinely I had no idea that this was a problem at Palmerston Park because I think it's not like, just a problem at Palmerston Park; it's a problem with Dumfries Cause the I whole think, place I bet is it's covered not, with them. It's not that close to the sea, is it? I mean, it's it's on the coast, kind of.
0: But, but well, yeah, no, it's not really. But the thing is, I don't know what it is. It's, there's a lot of chippies in Dumfries. <laughs> <laughs> and seagulls, just they're always even flying amongst the bins. I had a seagull, I must have been about 15 or 16. A seagull flew down and stole a dirty burger out my hand. And I, was just, I just saw my mum at the opticians, she worked in the opticians in the face, and I was like, I'm going for my lunch burger halfway eaten, and it just came down cut my hand and everything so
1: what we're saying is the se- seagulls are the uh, key to strict liability and to stopping Scotland's obesity crisis and uh, <laughs> yeah, young people yeah. just seagulls out pinching burgers and pizzas <laughs> off, off
3: kids substitute has stayed on side this would finish it and he's chipped it into the back of the net and there is the goal and it certainly seals it for Cluj well no wonder the Romanians are celebrating they are heading to the playoff round of the
0: Champions League only one place to start, and that's with Celtic's elimination from the Champions League. Neil Lennon's side lost 4-3 at home to Cluj on Tuesday night, crashing out in the third qualifying round for their second year in a row. Scott Brown liked to tweet criticising Lennon's team selection and then posted saying it was an accident and that he was more to blame than anybody else was. I I believe him, because his arms didn't seem to be working at all on Tuesday night. Yep, his handball uh, leading to a penalty. Plenty of Celtic fans were criticising the team selection, people saying Callum McGregor at left-back, which Brendan Rodgers tried in the past, and it never worked then.
1: Well, it's a curious decision, because Callum McGregor is not a left-back and doesn't really play that well at left-back, but he's also Celtic's best midfielder, so you simultaneously make your midfield weaker... And also don't cover up a a glaring problem at left-back, which is the fact that Kieran Tierney is gone and the guy that they've signed to replace him can't
0: really be trusted to play in the biggest games of the season. Not just him who was there to replace Tierney in in these types of games, but their marquee signing, 7 million, Julian from Toulouse, didn't even play. He was on the bench. Um, And that's four goals conceded at home. That's not behaviour you would expect from a Celtic team at Celtic Park Cluj they're not even that good a team
2: uh, even watching them they were well organised that Mm. was it they were well organised and I think if you play the way that Celtic play and have been playing occasionally over the last couple of months under Lennon I I, I mentioned this when we were talking about the Scottish Cup final that game against Hearts even when they went 1-0 down he did nothing to change the system at all and it was exactly the same when they were 2-1 up and then they got themselves 3-2 in front with 14 minutes left you're like it's basic, bring someone on to shore up the game You're winning, you're through at this point All you've got to do is hold out for 14 minutes And he didn't do it, it was absolutely baffling
0: And I think it went 3-3 before he even put Lee Griffiths on Which was about in the 83rd or 84th minute The Griffiths thing I can understand more
1: so Because when they were ahead in the tie You don't want to put an extra striker on necessarily And Edward, I, mean, I think of any Celtic player Edward was the one that came out with Plenty of credit though next day because a hand in, in all three goals. I think that's going to be the concerning thing for Celtic going forward, is that everyone at the moment saying how oh, they need to strengthen, they've got all this money in the bank. The problem is going to be keeping hold of the, the good players that they have going forward. we I mean, have seen the past two summers now, they've lost one of the best players in Dembele last year, Tierney this year. Mm-hmm. Next summer, it's going to be Edouard or maybe McGregor. Christie, if he keeps performing like he is at the moment, every year they're losing quality and not replacing it with you know a, a similar level of of player, and it's just going to be continually be harder and harder to qualify for the the Champions League, and that's now four years out of six that they haven't got through these qualifiers, and it's I mean, now that it's gone to four qualifiers, and that's not going to change anytime soon because the coefficient isn't high enough. Um, yeah, it's just it's going to be harder each year. Well you
0: say that Celtic haven't really been able to strengthen? And Chris Sutton suggests that the Kieran Tierney money, twenty-five million, now won't be spent on players. Given the club have now missed out, it's harder for Celtic, who aren't going to be in the Champions League, to attract better players to the club. So, what do they do now? Well, I think they've got to
1: get the structure behind the scenes right. I mean, a lot of the criticism. After this is this is still a Celtic team that have won every trophy in the last three years. Yes that's an issue. Like they're, they're good enough to do it domestically but when they go up a level or when they're really tested and I think what we're seeing what Kluge did and identified and I think we even saw a little bit in, in the Motherwell game at the weekend even though they eventually came out and had too much Motherwell is that if you go at the Celtic defence if you press them high that's how you can get some some joy against them and Cluj really did that. I think a lot of people expected Kluge to be a bit more circumspect, try and take the game as long as possible, maybe at 0-0 and then hope they they got nervous, but they didn't. They went from them right from the off and could have been more than, than 1-0 up at half halftime. Um, what they need to do is, is get the structure right behind the scenes, get their, their scouting network sorted out, get a director of football, sporting director type of figure in. They've got a sort of temporary appointment in, in that position at the moment. I mean, they do have money in the bank, but the problem is not necessarily how much money they spend, it's how wisely they spend it. Yeah. And we've seen that already this season. volleyball and Golly, and he's only played a few games, but yet they don't trust him to play in a really big game at home where you think that would suit his, his um style more going forward. Continuously over the past few seasons, Celtic have gone into the Champions League qualifiers undermanned, having not signed players for very key positions that obviously needed addressed. Like they're quite often... Left it late in the window, mm-hmm. at which point they're already out of the Champions League and therefore have missed out in that money. Instead of spending some money, saying right, okay, we clearly going to need a left back for only goals. We clearly need the right back. Or in previous seasons that it's been, they didn't have backup um, for the striker positions, and and one or two of the strikers were injured. They have waited out until the end of the window and missed out. Instead of spending ahead of time and sort of speculating to accumulate and getting that Champions League money they've waited and waited and brought in players of a lower quality at the last minute and also they paid the price by missing out on that Champions
0: League money for a number of years mm-hmm. well they still have a chance for European football don't they they can still go into the Europa League but they faced Infermline uh, this weekend who two draws out of two games in their division they've signed Kevin Nisbet this summer who've scored 35 goals last season for Wraith Rovers but to expect him to get a hat-trick at <laughs> Celtic Park, um, even though they've just conceded four there, is maybe a big ask for Dunfermline. Yeah, interesting to see. Is this
1: now a good time for Dunfermline to go there and potentially cause a shock because Celtic have such a European hangover? Or do Celtic come out and just blast them off the pitch in a fit of rage? <laughs> um, because of the Celtic's performances so far domestically, they've scored 12 goals in two league games against top flight opposition and now they're playing second tier team at, at home I think there will be a number of changes for Celtic I think you'll see Griffith start again we might see a few of the younger players that showed up quite well in pre-season and Lennon in <clears throat> his first spell in charge he did get a few League Cup shocks but he was more willing to, to play some young players and take a bit more of a risk so yeah that might, might give them a little bit of hope You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football
0: Show in association with Paddy Power the tie of the round sees Steven Gerrard travel to Bayview on Sunday. East Fife of League One face Rangers, and we're joined now by East Fife winger and host of the Lower League Ramblings podcast, Danny Denham. You started in midweek of the Challenge Cup, and this is the game that all the players want to start. What's the mood in the dressing room like?
3: Yeah, as you can imagine, it's it's uh, excitement. It's been hard to stay focused on on the other games because it's a uh, it's a huge game for the club and for us individually because. Um, half the team probably support Rangers and the other half so probably support uh, the other side of Glasgow, so it's uh it's there's uh there's quite interest in it.
0: You've you've had a great campaign so far, beating Dundee United, you've beaten hearts on penalties. How do you beat Rangers? Uh I
3: don't, you know what I was I was feeling um like you never know, like miracles can happen and I watched them play Hibs on Sunday and uh, uh, I think I have to think again about that. But you know you do you never know. I <laughs> mean they come, they come to this pitch it's an tough pitch and um, I'm used to them we're used to this kind of pitch they might not be you mm-hmm. never know make it one chance uh, park the bus and we'll see what happens but <laughs> yeah uh, we, we know how difficult a task is going to be the way that they're playing at the moment
1: you you were at Arbroath last season obviously and won the league uh, mm-hmm. what what do you feel as if East Fife have the potential to do this season you start the season with a couple of draws can you be up there challenging for promotion
3: well, you you never know. I mean, it's a tough league this year. We've got um, got Falkirk in the league who are full time and they've spent a lot of money at this level, relatively speaking. Um, but at Arbroath last year, it was just we were ruthless. And the first two games this season, we created probably more chances and uh, we did at Arbroath and we didn't we didn't stick them away. So we've got good quality in the team, to be honest. If you're not not too dissimilar to the the squad that our at Arbroath last year, so at this level, it's just putting the ball in the net and that's what we need to do to improve. To be honest.
0: You did quite a lot um, Media wise Uh, You wrote an article For BBC Scotland website A really nice piece uh, In the summer About East Fife's fine list Yeah Uh, Have you Been on the wrong end Of any fines I I read that There's a fine For having unruly body hair Yeah (laughs) um, What classifies as unruly Yeah
3: um, well, the BBC actually—they—they they sort of edited that a little bit. It was actually initially pubic here. So they changed it to, changed it to, to, to body, just you know to keep everybody happy and all that, you know. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's always a concern of mine. I come from a long line uh, of hairy hairy individuals. <laughs> um, unfortunately, not in our head, it's our body here. So it's uh, it's something I've got to keep on top of. What about the
0: podcast <laughs> as well? How's that going? Any more ramblings?
3: Um, yeah, we've, we're, we're, trying, we're trying to stagger a bit more once a month. Just It's hard to um, time keeping with the job and the football, etc. But we've got our guests coming on um, next week. I don't want to give their identity away yet because we're quite excited about this one and it's a different kind of... Um, to what we usually take so we're looking forward to that one and we just love doing it I'm a football nerd and that that gets you grief in the changing room I like talking football you get told to put the ball away if you do that in the football changing room but it's something that I enjoy doing so yeah hopefully next week we've got this guest coming in and get out there and then kick on from there as they say Rangers 6-1
0: against Hibs last Sunday they played with a man advantage for 40 minutes, but Rangers had 34 shots at Ibrox.
2: They, uh, apparently, the shot total was the most shots and most shots on target recorded at home in the t- Scottish top flight since the 2000-2001 season. So th- the thing was that they did play with a man advantage for for about 40 minutes, but
1: I I, I don't think it would have had a huge <laughs> amount of impact in the scoreline. I was going to say, that, you know, it's quite often you get games like this and people say, oh, it could have been 10. Yeah. This genuinely could have been more <laughs> than 10. Like yeah. the number of chances that they, ha- they had... They were just cutting Hibs apart time after time after time, even when it was 11 versus 11. The amazing thing was that it was 2-1 for as long as it was. And I think it did help them that, obviously, Defoe gets his hat trick, comes off, Morelos is eager to go on and make his mark, scores two goals almost straight away. And those two pushing each other on, presumably we we think now that Morelos probably will stay beyond the end of August. The rumours of him moving on seem to have died down a little bit. It could only be good for them.
0: It is that the healthy level of competition at Rangers now has them firing on all cylinders. And they've just added Brandon Barker from Man City, who spent the 2017-18 campaign on loan at Hibs. He only got two goals in that campaign, but he showed glimpses of, of, of real ability, especially his pace. And there's just going to be more quality of depth at Rangers. I think so as well. And it also looks like Andy King's going to come in on loan from for Leicester a season from
2: Leicester City uh, initially I was a bit Brendan like
0: Rodgers helping Rangers there <laughs> I'm sure
2: Celtic <laughs> fans will enjoy that um initially I was a bit like I don't really know why Rangers are signing more midfield players but he he is different I mm. don't know if he's any better to anything that's there but he is different so I think Gerrard's very keen on having different types of players, different types of options for different games and not just always trying to shoehorn players into the one system.
1: I'm a bit sceptical of the Barker signing just because they've signed so many wide players already. Yeah. This summer we look at Jones, who's done very well in the last couple of games. Uh, Ojo, Hastie, uh I know Stuart can play inside as well, but he can also play in wide areas. So whether they needed another body... In those areas, I'm not entirely sure of, and I'm not I'm not sure that Barker's better than than what they've already signed this summer, to be honest. But I mean, we'll see. They certainly now have the depth to compete on on various fronts going into the League Cup this weekend after a European game. I know it might be tricky because it's away from home on a plastic pitch. Yeah, but I was going to say. You would yeah. expect Gerard to make changes, and they, they now have the strength and depth that they
0: can do that pretty calmly and expect that whoever's on the pitch is going to do the job Jordan Jones obviously pretty familiar with plastic pitches anyway we were playing for Kilmarnock last season so yeah. Rangers should have enough to finish this off but it's a good opportunity for East Fife to to put themselves against a good team they're
2: always tricky those kind of games I remember seeing a lot of those types of games where top level teams go down to smaller grounds and they struggle because of like the wind or the size of the pitch or the crowd or the elements or anything like that. You just don't know the, the quality of the surface that they're playing on. So they can be tricky, but I, yeah, I think Rangers should have enough to get them.
4: It's nice to have a break from advertising, so here's some classical music. nice. Mm. At Paddy Power, we thought football shirts could use a break from advertising too. That's why we've sponsored Huddersfield Town shirt without a logo and started the Save Our Shirt campaign where any football team that Paddy Power sponsor will be, well, unsponsored. <laughs> Don't you wish we weren't on your shirt too? Now, let's get Bark to the music. <laughs> Paddy Power, enough of the nonsense. 18plus
2: On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees
4: Media.
0: The knockout stage gets underway tonight as Motherwell hosts Hearts at Firth Park. We talked last week about how there were positives that could be taken out of the Hearts defeat to Aberdeen, but there's negativity around the club after that 0-0 draw at home to Ross County. We're joined now by Scott McIntosh, a.k.a. Amarusso Let's It Run on Twitter and YouTube. First of all, can you just explain the title for anyone who doesn't really understand?
5: Yeah, it is a little bit of a niche title to be fair (laughs) Uh, And news guys may be even part of that demographic (laughs) But just to give a brief sort of synopsis It just sort of covers a classic bit of commentary from the 1998 Scottish Cup final When Hart sort of broke a bit of a hoodoo after 42 years (laughs) and captured the Scottish Cup
6: Amaruso, that's a run, it's a die!
5: It has been mixed up a little bit with Rangers fans thinking that the YouTube channel was like to <laughs> Rangers content. So i had one or two bits of negative feedback on it as well.
0: All right, Kieran's already praised himself. He put his arms up in celebration. celebration that I got that right where it came from. Good stuff, Kieran. Cup competition saved the season for Hearts last year. They got to the Scottish Cup final, but could Craig Levine be under real pressure if they lose tonight?
5: It's a bit of a strange one uh, I actually think that the home match against Hamilton's probably going to be the, the big gauge on how much pressure is going to be on Craig going into September. Mm-hmm. For, for me the biggest concern with regards to the Hearts currently, is to do a home form. So it's great, you know, if we can progress in the Cups, that's brilliant. But one of the things that we've done really well under Craig Levine during his first spell as manager was that we had an unbeaten record for two years against teams out of the Old Firm. Mm-hmm. Now, since he's came back, unfortunately during the first 12 months we only lost 5% of our home games but since then we've actually gone on to lose 50% during the last 12 months and that's bottom 6 form unfortunately even for a home side so that for me is probably the biggest cause for concern so it's really the Hamilton game I'm looking forward to although it'd be great to get some points in a result against Motherwell in the Cup uh, and some points maybe against Celtic the following week it's going to be the Hamilton game that's really going to gauge you know, how hearts are probably going to be feeling about this forward.
1: Just on that home form, do you feel as if it's Levine's style of football that makes it more difficult? Because surely a lot of teams will come to Tyne Castle, particularly those outside Celtic Rangers, and sit back and force hearts to break them down. And you feel as if Levine's got this sort of now so that he selects the type of players that are capable of doing that?
5: Yeah, well it's interesting that you highlighted the, the cup form from last season and what Harts or what people, you know, out with the Hearts bubble would have seen in the Scottish Cup final is how Craig's probably in his comfort zone when he's putting together a team to sort of try and negate another side. And when he pulled off a great result in that cup final against Celtic in May, the problem is when he's trying to break down teams that want to set up with ten men behind the ball. we was being unfairly sort of, you know, miscast as being a bit of a direct team. When I actually think that That's not our intention. Mm -hmm. I think we do try and play from the back, but unfortunately we're too slow and passive in moving the ball on in midfield and it does then resort to us then going from back to front because we don't move the ball on quick enough against some of these sides that will set up to frustrate us and hit us on the break. And that's probably been, you know, kind of almost like a calling card for Frank Levine's second spell in charge of the club in terms of our home form.
0: It feels obvious to, to most people, I think, that Hearts fans aren't exactly too happy at the moment but is there a split between the fans because with Levine maybe being an ex-player and a former captain of the club, is there a split? Th-
5: this is probably one of the most difficult ones to answer because if you're just looking at it from a social media point of view and mm. you know through popular fans forums like Kickback there is sort of two, I would call it sort of fringe elements so there's a group of fans that are very disgruntled with they feel that the club's losing its identity slightly in terms of what they would view as to be their identity. And they, they class Craig Levine as part of that problem in terms of killing what they believe to be the atmosphere that they sort of associate with Tynecastle so they're very staunch in their negativity whenever Craig Levine's mentioned there's then another fringe element that are very pro-Levine to the extent that even if I was to refer to them a stat like the one I just did about the home form they just wouldn't believe it they wouldn't buy into it you've then got the silent majority that just sort of turn up disgruntled every second week and then go home and sort of will maybe crow about it to their mums and dads or their wives or girlfriends but they don't really post about online so it's he's always got the stigma about him as well because of how badly it went in Scotland and mm. just because he's slightly sort of a sort of behaviour to the media
0: it's hard for the fans as well from the point of view that he's almost quite protected from with Anne Budge as well and the relationship between those two all comes from saving the club those years ago and he's part of the furniture for Ann Budge to maybe turn around and say, Craig, we don't want you around anymore, he's in a really safe position, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, those that sort of know this situation or follow a lot of Scottish football know that uh, Michael Stewart, who's a, a pundit for the BBC, has mm-hmm. a very. Uh, An ex-Hearts player. Ex-Hearts isn't. player, but yeah, very fraught relationship with Levine. Like the two of them, do not go on well. Mm-hmm. So he has kind of criticised this situation and described it as the safest job in world football that Levine can keep <laughs> going on uh, and will never be sacked. But yeah, I think when the fact that he was director of football and still technically is, they haven't really brought someone else in to yeah. to replace that role Well, yeah, yeah. when he moved over to be the manager. Yeah, I, mean, I think he'll get a lot longer than your average manager will get to turn this around.
0: Let's talk about the game this weekend then. Motherwell... Uh... Obviously the hosts here They lost 5-2 to Celtic last Saturday But watching this game Motherwell looked really good Particularly well deserved to take their lead In the first 10-15 minutes They were all over the hoops man they really were. I,
2: I, I th- they were a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. Still, in that, the, the, when they were good, they were excellent, and when they, when they weren't so good, they were, they were quite poor in parts of that game, especially the second half. Yeah, but I think it's the first half in particular. Their press was incredible. Like they gave Celtic no time, and Celtic didn't really, really know what to do, especially with Julian playing centre back. The amount of weird back passes he was like giving to Bane and Bain was in trouble. and didn't know what to do, and, stuff, and they just. Pressured, pressured. So much energy just closing Celtic down at the back it didn't allow them to get forward at all. And when they went ahead they were absolutely deserving of that. I, I think maybe it was just a fitness thing, a tiredness. They look a bit more
0: static in the second half and all the space started to open up. Um But it's also that, that added element of you know, you, you go one nil up and then immediately, you know, Celtic yeah, that, that, are level, Christopher Aya with a good run down down the right. And and Celtic scored Four with the first four shots on target That that kills you in a game Just yeah, mentality There were some
1: basic mistakes Like the the goalkeeping wasn't great for the Griffiths free kick as well Which yeah. put something in front um, But yeah I, I agree with what saying that The first half an hour really I felt Molo were very good mm. um, But I really fancy Molo to win this game I know they've had a big change in personnel year on year But they've done well uh, Under Robertson largely in, in cup competitions Obviously there was one season where they got to the two finals and they've again maybe against lower league opposition but they did very well in the group stages of this competition so I fancied them to to shock Hearts because I haven't seen anything from Hearts Mm. um, really in the first two league games and in the the Betfred Cup so far this season apart from maybe a 10-15 minute spell at Potaldri in the the first league game um, to suggest that, that they're going to go there and win
0: Listeners, everybody knows that football goes great with a nice cold one in your hand. My dad calls it a refreshment, as in, I'm off for a wee refreshment. Uh, So to say, as classy as my da, we've teamed up with Beer 52. And if you fancy getting refreshed with a case of beer for free who doesn't want that exactly head to beer52.com forward slash scottish do that before august the 25th and beer 52 will give you two extra free beers meaning you get 10 beers in total all you need to do is pay 4.95 for next day delivery beer 52 is the world's most popular monthly craft beer discovery club searching out incredible and expensive small-batch craft beers from around the world. Every month they focus on a different country or region, I've had one from Korea, it was class, so you don't need to be a Scottish football fan on your Europa League travels to sample the finest craft beers from around the world there's no commitment you can take the free case try the beers and see what you think or you can pause or cancel your subscription at any time so head to beer52.com forward slash scottish and use the offer code scottish Well, it was more misery for Scottish clubs this week as Aberdeen crashed out of Europe on Thursday night. Here's what JJ Bull had to say about it.
4: Well, Aberdeen lost 2-0 on the night. Honestly, it could have been about 7 or 8 if, um, if Rieke had really wanted to. It was awful. It was horrible to watch. The first thing that happened was that Shea Ojo, so one of the new signings, put in just, just, just a nothing kind a of tackle and there's books for it straight away. So you'd think the players are like, well, this referee is going to, he's not taking any nonsense. But Ojo didn't think that. And uh, he was sent off shortly after. So with two yellow cards within 20 minutes, dead obvious. And um, Aberdeen were wound up. Their uh, heads were completely gone. Rijeka are a good team, right? And uh, they've got some good players. And they keep the ball and they have a nice shape. And that's what they do well. There's nothing spectacular about them. Aberdeen probably have some better individual players. But um, as a team, you saw the difference in level, like Rieker passing the ball about moving, receiving, keeping the shape. Aberdeen, straight away, like he's gone launching it, shelling the ball forward. McInnes just saw that Aberdeen just couldn't keep the ball. So he took um, Niall McGinn off, who was awful, and uh, put on Dean Campbell, who's just a better player. In fact, he probably should have started because he's one of the only players in on the entire team who's good at pass, move, keeping the ball. it's games like this that make me wonder why I like watching football and why I keep watching Aberdeen play why do I do this to myself what's the point (laughs) I had real high hopes like it started well because you had Sam Cosgrove Sam Cosgrove started that was a surprise so everyone's thinking well here's a special night coming but I spoke to the Aberdeen press office during the week and they told me that he's almost certainly not going to be playing on Thursday It's like oh okay I think they're playing man games with me even like the press office is trying to like fool me so obviously he started you think that'd be a big plus I don't think McInnes set up anything wrong I think the players just don't have it in them there's no way (laughs) there's no way they're going into training and McInnes is like right lads here's half an hour of shelling the ball towards the corner flag I think when the big occasion comes some of these players because it's a very young team you have to remember and I think their just heads weren't switched on and you saw the difference in the level like I said like Rijek I get the ball pass move Aberdeen have to be doing that Um, But that's Europa League on The season completely shagged And uh, yeah Just cancel the football From now on So guys Aberdeen travel to Dundee In the League
0: Cup on Sunday They lost 1-0 to St Mirren last Sunday Credit to St Mirren though It was wet and windy But it's a It's a bad looking start For for Aberdeen
2: Yeah I, I mean They were denied a stonewall penalty in that game oh um, shocking
0: absolutely <laughs> shocking and, <laughs>
2: and they really should have enough to, to beat St Mirren but it's like fair play to St Mirren because I thought they were great going forward mm. like McGuinness was brilliant and Dermis like what, what a finish that was for the goal I thought the two of them the kind of front part of, of St Mirren's team was absolutely fantastic still worry about them defensively but they were yeah. great
1: just on the handball thing right obviously Scottish football had its mad own rules last last season right? yes. it seems to have like taken umbrage at the, the new crazy Champions League handballs and going, actually, we're going to go the other way. You can
0: just, like, volleyball it and it's fine. It is embarrassing, you know, these new I-5 rules are in and we should just be donning them and, and making sure the game's better for it. But no, we can't <laughs> do it. The handball rule is easier to interpret because it's it's not based on um, if it's deliberate anymore. or not.
1: Yeah. Um, on Aberdeen, and this is, should be or is obvious in terms of the financial disparity, but we were talking about it, uh, Rangers earlier on Like how much depth They've added to their squad So that mm-hmm. they can play Multiple competitions And you saw when Aberdeen Made a few changes In between the Ryaka games With the, the second leg in mind mm-hmm. They really struggled To to pull one out of the fire Against the
0: Well what about Dundee uh, The manager there James McPake Has made a few signings Of his own Including former Rangers man Jamie Ness And Kane Hemmings Good signings, you think? I think they're both really great signings for Dundee.
2: Kane Hemmings especially. Mm -hmm. He he was fantastic for them in his first spell at the club. Uh, If he can
0: find that form again, I think that
2: he could be pushing Dundee right to the top.
0: And Danny Johnson as well from Motherwell, who I know from his time at Gateshead, he he knows where the goal is. I I think it's another good signing for them too. Do you think Aberdeen can get the result that they want? Or... I mean for Dundee Their main aim this season Is to get back into the Premiership So is this maybe a game They would rather not have Or
1: no, I think Dundee will go for it I th- I think Aberdeen will certainly Put out a stronger team Than they did last weekend I mean that, the idea is You've got 38 league games you It's time to recover Whereas And particularly from what we've seen So far this season suggests it's going to be Very much a two horse race There might be a bit more of a gap To the third place mm-hmm. um, Which makes the Cups Even more important For uh, Aberdeen of They've done well in the cups, if not winning. I know they've won one a few years ago, but they've you know they've got to the latter rounds consistently under McInnes. So I think you they'll, they'll put out a strong team, and and they should have too much for Dundee. You're
0: listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show. Time now for our weekly odds with Lee Price from Paddy Power. Lee, there's been some surprising winners of the League Cup in the past. Give us a tip for a winner
6: who isn't Celtic or Rangers. <laughs> yeah, no mean feat beating Celtic to a title, although they're not odds-on for this, actually. They're just 6-5. to five. Uh, Makes them the clear favourites, of course. Last year's beaten finalists, Aberdeen, are the best of the non-Old Firm rest. They're 11-1. Motherwell reached a final in 2018. They're 25-1, and they're worth placing place in the final, surely, for their kits alone this season. Or the most recent non-Old Firm winners, of course, were Ross County in 2016. They're 30-1 to 1 to do it again. East 5 take on Rangers on Sunday. What are the odds on a win for the Fifers? It's a big ask. The Fifers are a massive 18-1 to 1 to win this one, which is a very long price for a football match. But it's not a complete write-off. It's a shorter price, for instance, in the first game of the English Premier League season last week, where Norwich were 19-1 to 1 to beat Liverpool. How did that one end? Uh, it is though less likely for East 5 to win than the chances of Norwegian side Horgershund, I'm sure that's how you say it, beating PSV in the Europa League in midweek. So that might add some context. Or how about this? Rangers are 1-16 to 16 to win the match. So you have to bet 16 quid just to win £1. The draw is 10-1. to 1.
0: What about Kilmarnock? It's been a nightmare start for their campaign and I hate to even ask this
6: question, but could Kelly go down? Yeah, not a great start for Kilmarnock. But we do think it will get better. It's 20-1 to one that they end the season at the bottom of the table. Now, hands up here. We don't do typical relegation betting in Scotland because of the way that your division splits into two. We don't price up relegation until after that. I guess not to get caught out. Um, but I don't think Kilmarnock are going to be the ones at the bottom of the table. The favourites there are Hamilton. They're 9-4 to four to finish bottom of the table. Despite being three points clear, let's get it. The other League One versus Premiership class takes
0: place on Saturday as Forfar Athletic faced Livingston at Station Park and Forfar manager Jim Weir joins us now. Two wins out of two in League One, Jim. You've already beaten St Johnston in the group stage. How much has the competition helped you gather momentum for the league campaign?
7: Uh, there's no doubt, you know, the, the pre-seasons went well going into the bet, Fred, uh, you're always up against it. Being a League One club, we had a really tough group Maybe the two Premier League teams, but, you know, we're delighted for everybody at the club connected, especially the players, to get to the next round and, you know, obviously based on that, our confidence has grew and uh, thankfully we've won the first two league games and two clean sheets as well.
1: You said beating St Johnson in in the group stage, was that a special match for you, given your past?
7: Well, St. Johnston's a a club that that holds a special place in my heart. I had 14 years there and was inducted this year into the Hall of Fame. So, um, you know, and I've faced them five times probably since I've left the club. It was nice. Uh, It was a good feeling to to get a victory over them. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's any sweeter than any other victory that I get. It was just, it, it was important for me that... We progressed to the next stages. We had an opportunity last year, a similar situation against St Johnson. Um, so it was nice to, to go one better this year.
0: A familiar face back at the club, Dale Hilson. Um, he scored the winner against Runrara on Saturday. But this is his sixth spell at the club. Um, how big a presence is he in the dressing room?
7: Dale, Dale's a cracking lad. He's, he's well liked with, with all the players. He's got that daftness about him that sometimes <laughs> footballers have. Um, you know he's never on time. He's he's always last one out uh, for the training. He's always phoning up with an excuse. But Dale's, Dale's pivotal to how we play. Um, he gives us real energy. He never gives defenders a minute. And you know he's he's probably in his best spell. Touch with you know in terms of injuries. Um, I think he's had a few injuries down the years, and it's probably hampered them. And there's no doubt for me, Dale Hilson We his quality should should still be playing, uh, no disrespect, at at a higher level than League One.
1: You're approaching two years at at Forfar now, Um, you have a great win percentage in in your time there. Obviously there's been a lot made of Falkirk's investment and they've been seen as the big favourites to to go up this season. But do you feel as if you guys can stay up there and, and challenge to go up?
7: Well, we know this year, I feel this year is certainly a tougher league than it was last year. No disrespect to the teams that, that went up, no disrespect to the teams that, that went down or came up. You know, you've got East Pfeiffer obviously a side that's really invested over the summer, but you've got Falker, you've got Race Rovers, you've even got Airdrie who've have, have got this sort of full-time, part-time system with twelve full-time players. Peter Head have added some to the league. you have got Clyde. Um, you, you know these these are teams. I feel have made the league a, a lot tougher than it was last year. I do feel that Falkirk start as massive favourites. You see the squad of players that they've signed, the quality they've signed. You know, if there was anyone to finish above Falkirk, I think then they would win the league. We just want to make sure that we're, we're you know first and foremost keep ourselves away from danger because you see what happened last year a lot of teams struggling in that relegation zone and it's, it's an early place to be uh, we got off to a, a reasonable I'd say a reasonable start and uh, you know our finish to the season was strong so the better the start for us uh, the stronger a position it puts us in and you know for me I would I, I would say that you know the top four would be uh, a, a big success for us this year
0: It has been a good start for, for, for and they're coming up against a Livingston side who you know, Ruined a 2-0 lead against St Johnson on Saturday um, With the Saints coming back to draw 2-2 It's two draws out of two for Livingston Is this a good chance for Forfa to reach the last eight? I think they've got every chance um, I think when you saw the, the, the group that they were in In the, the,
2: the group stage of, of the League Cup To have St Johnson and Ross County in there And for them to come through that mm. That's a magnificent achievement So they've earned their place And they've got a home tie as well And of course they beat St Johnstone at
0: home So you never know Kieran, what do you think of Livingston's hopes? They, they should win this game, but it's one of those you just never know in a cup game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they are the Premier League team.
1: We're talking about it's a decent draw for Forfar in terms of they, they can realistically hope to get to the last eight. But it's a great draw for Livingston. You, if you're Livingston, you're still thinking you've got the lower league team um, you should go through. Encouraging signs for Livy, at least at the weekend, that they scored some goals. I was mm. fearing for them a bit after the Motherwell game, thinking... Where the goal is going to come from this season, and they might they might regret that. I think they missed a late penalty uh, as well against St Johnston, so that may at the end of the season look like two points dropped rather than than one gained. Um, but no, I think it's it's a good tie in the sense that it's, it's very winnable for both sides. You know they both fancy their chances. And you know, one of them will get to the quarterfinals.
0: Let's talk about the rest of the League Cup action on Saturday, starting with Hibbs versus Greenock Morton. Hibs fans were absolutely furious about the 6-1 game, but the calendar year table for 2019 has Hibbs third behind Celtic and Rangers. So it's not going that badly for Heck and Bottom, but there are certainly question marks to the start of this campaign.
1: Yeah, I think the... The criticism that I've seen of Bottom from Hibs fans is that he's brought in a lot of new players Mm. over the summer, particularly the ones from the lower leagues in England, and they're not convinced that they're any better than players that he'd have let go. The one guy who has come in and made a big difference is Scott Allen, Mm -hmm. who's come from Celtic, and everyone knew his quality. He'd shown it in previous spells at Hibs, including in that 6-1 game, the one... Bright spot for Hibs was Allen's incredible pass
0: Yeah, nobody really talked about The six goals that Rangers scored (laughs) In the week Everyone was just talking about Scott Allen's pass Which was tasty But I mean (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it was, I mean, it was it was magnificent. Um,
2: I, I, that said, though, it, it was pretty much the only thing he did during the whole game. Yeah. Um, I I think Scott Allen, he's an interesting player because his ability is absolutely beyond doubt. Yeah. Like that just shows it. That, that that example, he split the, not just the midfield, but the the, the range of centre backs to send Horgan through. It was unbelievable. But I think it's his work rate. I, I think in that team, especially at fair play to Hibbs. I think the problem was. When they when they went to play Rangers at Ibrox, most teams don't go there trying to win the midfield battle and trying to play football. That's what Hibbs tried to do, and as valiant as that is, it's probably not the best thing tactically. And I just think in a match like that, where you if you want to win a midfield battle, Scott Allen's
0: probably not the guy that's going to graft for you to do that. He will create these
2: moments, but.
0: Uh, yeah, I do Is this maybe why they brought in Glenn Middleton from Rangers on loan? Because he, he's a grafter for me. Yeah, he's someone yeah. who works hard and he showed flashes of, of real good quality early on last season, but never really played much for Rangers in the latter stages. I think it's more I me. Mean, he's a different type of midfielder.
1: He's more a wide player than, than someone who's sure. new, playing middle sure. and, and graft. Um, but I think that that's... What they needed as well. When you saw them in the the first game of the season against St. Mirren, having a lot of the ball, but you're struggling to to break St. Mirren down, and you would imagine that that's what this game is going to be like against Morton. You don't. You know, Morton will probably go there, put bodies behind the ball, and and ask Hibbs to to break them down. So I think Middleton could be a very good sign for them in that front. Um, I think it's it's also you know a decent move from from Rangers' point of view when you see, yeah. um, like players like. Ryan Christie for example who's gone on loan in the Scottish Premiership got more experience and improved for it and then come back and been a better player for it Um, and I was impressed with what, what we saw from Middleton last season but I think he could be a a really good impact signing for Hibbs. He's
2: such a talented player, and I think it's good for it. it pretty much all the parties involved. I think Hibbs fans will really enjoy watching him because he's quite direct, he's exciting, he's he's a wide player on the left. He will benefit as a player because he'll more than likely play, you know, 30 odd games for Hibbs this season, get a full season where he was kind of in and out the Rangers team for a lot last year. I, I also think, it, in terms for Rangers, like you were just alluding there with Ryan Christie, it was something that Celtic have done quite well. Loaning out their players to other Premier League teams Which then can't play against them So they're out there taking points potentially off other rivals mm-hmm. But not only to play against Celtic And I think it's it's an interesting one Because I think Middleton has the ability Definitely to change games for Hibs And maybe take points off, off Rangers rivals
0: Well what about um, Greenup Morton then going into this game It's obviously a tough ask for them But looking at the weekend Bob McHugh got a hat-trick against Alloa on Saturday So he's the one that Hibs have got to look out for I would say Definitely He's also probably got One of the best names In the lower leagues I think <laughs> Bob McHugh
2: he, he sounds like he's From the 1950s With a name like Bob McHugh <laughs> But he's like 28 Or something Yeah I just, There aren't enough Bobs in Scottish But who was the last Bob Bob Malcolm Bob
1: Malcolm maybe. Yeah maybe Bob Malcolm There needs to be more Bobs he Sounds like something Out of Pathy News Doesn't he <laughs> And
0: Bob McHugh Has got a hat-trick For Greenock Morton Against Ottawa. Leave Bo- <laughs> Bob will be listening To this podcast Going who's these couple of <laughs> <laughs> Well good luck Bob Kilmarnock versus Hamilton These teams met last week in the Premiership at New Douglas Park Hamilton running it 2-0 winners I think this game can best be summed up by Gary Dickard
1: Describing Kelly's performance as brutal on Twitter That was a really, really concerning result And performance from Kilmarnock After the disaster of Connors Key yeah. To then put in a decent performance against Rangers And you think, All right, maybe it was very early in the season That Connors Key game the new manager, they've had a few more weeks to, to work under him and sort of understand what he wants. But if you're going to be losing to Hamilton, then it's going to be a long season.
0: Well, their, their only win this season was against Cornish Key in Wales. So they've not won a game at home yet this season. They're bottom of the league, two defeats out of two, out of Europe. What are Kamarnak looking at as positives for this season? Because it's, it's very hard to find positives right now.
2: I think, again, we were talking about this in, in previous episodes, it, it only really served to show how good a job Steve Clark did there. Because mm-hmm. the squad hasn't changed hugely. They've had a couple of players leaving or retiring or moving on or whatever their end's coming to alone. But there's a lot of players there that were the same. And it's like, you know, like Dicker and Power. And these yeah. guys, it looks like, uh, Hamilton it looked like they'd never seen a football before. Like they were so poor. And they were reduced to basically just shooting from distance.
0: They couldn't break down the Hamilton defence. Um, which is which is crazy because Ross County cut them to shreds as well in the first yeah. in the opening day.
2: To be fair Hamilton kind of mixed it up a little bit and they had um Lewis Smith who scored a fantastic goal mm. but the second goal that Killy lost it was just dreadful. There was, There were four defenders on Smith and he still managed to get the ball through for Oatley to to finish it. It was desperately poor. They had a man advantage for half an hour as well and still couldn't really properly test the goalkeeper. So they need to do
0: something. What about Hamilton then? Would the League Cup be quite a welcome uh, run? Every year they just seem to kind of want to be focusing on the league. What we even said after the
1: Ross County game was as bad as that was for Hamilton. At least with the the change of management that has been there they have a more positive approach and therefore will go for games more and therefore they'll probably get even more thrashings along the way but they also might get enough wins that's going to take them away from the relegation zone. That was very much the case last weekend. You, When Martin Canning was there, you could see Hamilton going, even for a home game against Kilmarnock, trying to make it a scrap and maybe get a point out of it. But they're really going for these type of games now. And yeah, I think the pressure's all on Kilmarnock for this weekend. So Hamilton can go there and go for it I still have my doubts Over the, the overall quality Of that Hamilton squad But Given what we saw Last weekend um, It's certainly not Inconceivable for them To go there and win I think for Kamarnock it's An absolute must win mm. Otherwise Already your Alarm bells are ringing Over the The future
0: Alarm the bells for Alessio Alessio exactly There you go Well Finally Partick Thistle Against Ross County At Far Hill. Ross County won this competition Four seasons ago Four points from a possible Six so far In the Premiership these two sides were relegated from a Premiership in 2018 but very contrasting positions at the moment. Ross County, definitely the ones on the up. Partick, not so much.
1: Yeah, definitely. I've been very impressed with Ross County in, in two different games in the sense that the the Hamilton game, the other team dominating, won yeah. it very easily. Whereas against Hearts, played a bit cagier. They were very smart. They could have won the game and missed the penalty. Had plenty of good chances. Um, so I was very impressed with them. And yeah, they're, they're the kind of team that you would think could be looking at this competition thinking, probably going to be safe enough in the league, probably not going to get top six. So why not go for a cup run and see how far they can you reckon, get
0: it? You reckon? Because Ross, Ross County, just being just back in the division, would they have a go? Surely safety's the... it's, but safety is the... Safety is a priority. But I think from what we've seen so far, there's been enough there
1: to suggest that they're better than Livingston, Hamilton... St. Johnson on current form, Kilmarnock on current form, St. Mirren. Mm. I, mean, I think they can look at this competition and say, why not? I mean, they've, they've had that success. Why not? I mean, it's an interesting one with County because I
2: remember, I remember when they sacked uh, Jim McIntyre, I thought they'd yeah. done so quite rashly. Um, and then Owen Coyle came in and was absolutely hopeless while he was there. And then again, when they they kind of appointed the, the kind of two co-managers in Ferguson and Kettlewell, I was like, is that going to work? Mm. Does that does that still is that a thing? Um, but it seems to be working for them and working quite well. And it's uh, you know coming up that like they they were great last season, and it seems like they're continuing the momentum. It's one of those strange things as well, I think, where in them playing so well, it's actually not surprised a lot of Scottish football fans because you just. Them coming up, you just felt no, they're 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 good. Like they'll they'll be settled. They're probably better than Hamilton or St Mirren. Yeah. You know that 10th
1: spot or above could be where they're aiming for. I I think they'll be fine this season. Partick Thistle. I, I would just like the So Gary Caldwell was speaking about how, as we talked about last week, they'd had team buses cancelled, so players had to make their own way to games. And said that how players are generally spoon fed these days and taking the bus away from them might be a good thing and might make them take a bit more responsibility, mm-hmm. says the man who sent his like, players off as if they were prisoners of war to be tortured <laughs> by the army last season. I was thinking, it, what it, is he <laughs> trying to do to
2: the, these players to make them grow up? What's their, what's their issue? I mean, maybe it's the thing they're getting rid of the team bus just so they can get the SES to take them in tanks to away <laughs> exactly, games. So yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's going to put the fear in the I opposition if they're rolling be great. up in tanks. <laughs>
0: That's all we've got time for. Thank you to Finn, thank you to Kieran and thanks to the Little Kicks for providing our sexy theme song. And thanks to you for listening, we really appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday as hearts travel to Celtic Park and Kilmarnock take on Aberdeen. We'll speak to you then.
2: You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddynewsmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter, and make sure you check out our brand
3: new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com.